All right, it is 4.15, and this is Last Night This Morning, edition number two, uh, much safer edition. I am not driving a car around the city of Atlanta. I am actually sitting in my kitchen after just an excruciating hour and a half long meeting with the senior leadership of my company. So, fuck yeah, that was just great. Um, so, let's go ahead and get into it, right? Uh, you should get the concept of what we're doing by now. I know this is only my second day, but we were just going to go through what happened last night, right? Beyond the box scores, what happened in the game, some fun stories, and what is the stuff that made me smile, I guess you could say, um, on 414. Let's start with what I thought was a sweep. Uh, I guess it's a four-game series. I was talking to Drew Hastings, the general manager of the Baltimore Orioles last night as he was kicking my ass at NHL 21. Uh, and I was congratulating him on his sweep, and he told me he has one more game to go against the Mighty Mariners. But three games in a row for the Baltimore Orioles to beat the Mariners is goddamn impressive, right? And it's just not something we expected. I, I don't want to beat this point into the ground because 7-5 and five against 12 games. But, man, it's fun to watch a team like the Orioles come out of nowhere and win some games and have a winning record and then, again, beat the giant of the league. Um Ash Russell, the rookie, I think technically still did not pitch particularly well. He needed 81 pitches to get through three and a third or two thirds before getting yanked. Like two runs, um, you know, scattering about six base runners, but still not the performance you're looking for. He's been up and down. He got creamed a couple times in spring. It's been decent to start the year, but not what you were hoping for after Baltimore. The good news is their bullpen came through. With five and a third innings of two-run baseball against the league's best offense, arguably. Uh, and again, the super duo of Super Rod Cunningham and Steve Badger at the back end of this thing. We were able to close it down, even though Badger did let up a run in the ninth. Um, he was able to secure the save as the Orioles um, were already up by two at that point. I mean, again, late-inning heroics. Gabriel Vaughn is the reason that the, they ended up winning this game. It's an eighth inning grand slam. The game log won't load for me for whatever reason, so I can't actually get you into the uh, play-by-play of how this went down. But if I'm just looking at the box score here, what it looks like is Mark Appel went seven very good innings. Uh, Hashimoto came in, who would be you know the 30-year-old left-hander, gave up a hit, and then... I guess it was a single because he came out and then Don Adams comes in without recording an out, gives up three hits and three runs and the grand slam that Gabriel won. So if I'm reading between the lines here, what looks like it happens is single, single, single grand slam to start off the eighth inning, which is just spectacular. I mean, it's not what you're hoping for if you're Mark Rappel, but after pitching such a great game and holding a four, giving, giving your, your bullpen a four to two lead, but the Orioles, as soon as the Pell's out of the game, bomb, six to four, you know, again, Badger gives up one run, was able to secure the victory for the Orioles. So congratulations to the Orioles for getting your third straight win over the best team in baseball, seven and five, again, atop the division. You have to love it unless you're maybe one of the American League East members. But even then, I think you have to like it because you don't really believe this is sustainable. Honestly, I think they have sole, sole possession now because Boston lost to the Twins, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So the Orioles are your solo leader in the American League East at least for a day. <sighs> Congratulations, buddy. Uh, let's move on to the Atlanta Braves, right? My favorite team won their 10th straight game. 
today. I, I, if you'd have told me we were going to win ten straight games at any point during this season, I'd have been spectacularly happy, especially at the beginning to go ten and two. Atlanta did commit its first error last night, although the error was committed by Brady Aiken, so still not a position player, um, which is which is exciting, right? I think that that defensive efficiency is what's carried the Braves. To this point, the offense has certainly caught up as they are now ranked in the top five in some of these offensive um, pieces. But the Braves win big again, and there's a, it's being spread around. I think if you look at the block score, the top four hitters, which would be, uh, you know, and then the lineup, Taylor Sparks, Mike Ogden, Jimmy Vega, Millard Thomas, and Antonio Diaz last night, all had multiple hits. Uh, Diaz drove in four runs. Sparks drove in a run. Millard Thomas drove in a couple of runs. George Lund has been very good off of the bench. Pinch hitting, hitting 357 with a home run and seven RBIs, despite not starting a single game this year. So he's been a pinch hitter um, and, and showing some success with that. Again, it's early. I know this is going to fall off, but I like to see this out of, out of my Braves early on in the year. So that was very fun to watch. Uh, the first error thing is concerning because I don't want that to open a floodgate. But still, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully that won't don't turn around. So go Braves. Uh, let's talk about the Twins. Uh, not the Twins, excuse me, the Tigers. Last night, two nights ago, excuse me, we had an expletive laced, I'm sure, in his head, if not in the actual chat room. Um, you know, lashing out at one of the Tigers' rookie, rookie pitchers from Jim Melkar. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Uh, Tonight was another rookie on the mound, but this time it's Jason Groom. And Jason Groom has been spectacular this season in a limited capacity, mind you. Uh, but Jason Groom went six innings, gave up two unearned runs following the error by Xavier Noonan. So he is not throwing, he's not allowed a single earned run at this point. He went four innings in his first start, six weeks. Now he a scoreless streak to 10 innings here to start his career. This is the first 10 innings he's pitched. So you have to love that if you're a Tigers fan. On top of that, you have to love the fact that the Tigers got the win, which is really exciting, right? They beat the Astros, despite Fernando Tatis homering again and stealing a base. That dude is exciting. Um, but the Tigers improved to five and six. You know, again, they're not planning to win the division this year. But, uh, you know, as I was corrected yesterday by John Hines when I said they're not trying to win, everybody's trying to win. I don't think anybody here is intentionally tanking. They're just not expecting it, right? The Tigers aren't expecting to win. of the games this year. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays were not expecting to win 60 to 70% of their games this year. They will take it and they will try their best. So the Tigers are probably very happy with a five and six start. The Astros dropped two of three, I believe, at this point to um, the Tigers as they go into the the fourth game of the series here today. There is another very exciting piece that needs to be talked about in this game. as Raul Aguilera, uh, the second baseman and shortstop, combination he's 25 years old this is his what i mean he's been he's been up for a while but this is his eh, second real year starting if i'm looking at this right looking at his batting yeah i mean he he started most of 2019 uh he was a starter all of last year and and played very well but if you stretch this back to last year he is now on a 26 game hitting streak he's hit in every game he has been in this year uh, and the guy's been, he's been great, right? You know, he's not going to hit the, tear the cover off the ball. He's hitting 333, one home run, four RBRs. He's striking out a decent amount, right? Um, but the hitting streak is fun. 26 straight games. Now, I've been told he's getting the night off tonight, a forced bench, so he will not come off the bench even as a pitch hitter tonight to give him some rest before he comes back again on Friday and tries to extend that streak to 27. I have no idea what the record in MLB Pro is. I'm sure Matt or somebody could find that for me, but... Hopefully we can get something like that rolled out later. Either way, 
exciting stuff to see a hitting streak like that go on. Congratulations to the Tigers for being relevant for a while. Tough luck for the uh, Astros there, but we know the Astros are going to bounce back. And 7-5 is much better start this year to where they were than last year. So you've got to be, like, be happy about that. Let's look at... Oh, um, sorry. I got very distracted for a second. Let's look at the Angels and Royals game, uh, in which I wanted to take a look at the rookie catcher, David Davies, who... To this point in his young career, uh, it's only five games since early, only had two hits, right? He doubled his hit total today, last night, excuse me, against the Angels, best team in baseball, second best maybe behind um, the Mariners, right? And in doing so, also drove in his first two career RBIs. And his first two career RBIs happened to be uh, I guess one of them was early, but his second career RBI happened to be in the ninth inning where he drove in the game-winning run. Or do they both come on? I can't tell. Right, I, I, again, without the without the game log, I can't tell you what he did. But let's go, you know what, let's go dramatic with it. His first two RBIs were in the bottom of the ninth, down two runs, or down a single run, to t- give the... Royals, their third win of the year, and beat the Angels to drop them in 10 and 3. Right? That's a fun way to get a couple of RBIs for the first time in your career. Now, David Davies is, is a young guy. He's going to be good for a while here in Kansas City, but it's fun to see him drive in his first two runs um, and really make a difference here and take down the Angels. Cody McCucks missing an H, as Matt said last night. And I he's missing more than that. This last name is a nightmare. I was watching this matchup last night, and I was, it was kind of like one of my games to watch as I was doing my prep for this. He did not give up a run in his first two starts. He was 2-0. He did not give up any runs, right? He's actually pitched a lot longer than – and Jason Groom's 10 innings are impressive, but McCutts, again, had pitched longer than four and, and six in his first two games. This is his third start. Went six innings, gave up one run, happened in the fifth. So he went four more scoreless innings before giving up a run in the fifth here. Um on a RBI by who? How did they score that run? It doesn't say. Interesting. Well, I have no idea how they scored that run because there's no RBI credited to anyone on the Cubs. So anyhow, McCuck somehow gave up a run. Um, I'll figure that out later, I guess. But regardless, he goes six innings, strikes out six, doesn't give up eight base runners, seven hits, and a walk, but gets this third win of the year. He is 3-0 with a .44 ERA. Anthony Mio pitched two and a third, scoreless innings. He's been spectacular this year out of the bullpen. That was a great game for Milwaukee. And to watch Cody McCuck pitch the way he's pitching, and the Brewers be at 7-5 and five in a division that is tight at the top, right? We talked again about the Pirates and the Cardinals off to a great start. Well, the Pirates have lost a couple in a row and have actually started to struggle to score some runs. Um, the Cardinals are fine. Like, they're still winning their games. Although, they have last night off? Yeah, they had the night off last night. Um, 
the Brewers are making a run here. They're making a push towards the top of this division. If they can make themselves competitive and there's a three-way race in the National League Central, we might want to start talking about the National League Central not being a complete embarrassment anymore. Sorry, National League Central. But three competitive teams makes this a very fun division to watch. Two teams is less interesting. One team is way less interesting. But if the Pirates can stay relevant and the Brewers can get this kind of pitching out of McCuck to get their offense up and running, this is fun, right? This team can really play some ball. Let's go to Boston and let's flip this conversation around from fun and having a good time to, man, a good team in Boston may be blowing their chance because their pitching staff sucks. Edward Small got roughed up again, going a third of an inning, giving up three hits, three runs, walked two, so he had five base runners with one out, struck that one person out, gave three runs for getting pulled. He's now sporting a 14 ERA. Uh, and the bullpen had to come out and try to save him. Michael Brady gave up three runs, two earned over a two-inning period. Um, Ramon LeBron gave up a run. Jeffrey Miha gave up a run later on, right? So the Boston bullpen's been fine. Their starting pitching is really, really rough, right? If you get behind Drew Locke, who even Drew Locke has shown, uh, you know, a bit of a struggle, and oh, he's been good this year, and Garrett Cole, Carson Kelly, Sidney English, and Edward Small have not proven that they can – be top flight pitchers in this league. You know, Sydney English and Edward Small are both sporting ERAs over 10. Carson Kelly is over five. Garrett Cole is going to be fine, you hope. Boston's got a very good offense, and they're in a division with a team like Toronto that is, is spectacular, right? They're in a division with the Orioles, who seem to be asserting themselves as a very good team, and the Yankees, who are going to just hit the ball over the tens of million times, although they've struggled a lot lately to even do that. Boston looks like a team that had an outside shot to compete with the offense they've got. But if they can't keep their starters in the game, it's going to be irrelevant. Right? Boston's pitching, to me, looks like a real issue. I don't know what is in their stables off the top of my head. It's just not part of the prep I I did. If I look very briefly at the OSA ratings, you've got a 22-year-old Roberto Muniz at single A as their top prospect. Michael Tereda and Logan Allen, they're um, two most advanced in terms of what level they're at, at least. Well, I mean, actually, if you go Michael Tereda, Elwood Smith, Esteban Vasquez, and Willie LeVarnaway, the four starting pitchers that they have on their top prospects list that are in AAA or above, all of them are sporting high ERAs, small sample sizes, mind you, but like none of them look ready to come up. There's no help on the horizon. You know, I don't know what you do if you're Boston. You know, Aguchi was going out for three weeks uh, earlier this year. Drew Locke's already been hurt once. John Butler is hurt right now, who was pretty good in a small sample size. Uh, Jeff Elson is hurt. Well, that was last year. Um, so I'm guessing that their hope is that Aguchi can come back and he'll be part of this rotation. He was not good last year. He had 579 ERA last year after being very good um, as a reliever in 2019. But as a starter last year, he was a disaster. And he got roughed up in his first appearance this year, too. So I don't know what to do in Boston, right? This was supposed to turn into a Boston podcast. But that team needs pitching, and they need it fast because this offense is good enough to compete. They need somebody who can throw the ball over the plate and, and get them out here. Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia had some good news, good and bad, back to good. Cam Gundy, the rookie third baseman, got his first home run in the bigs over the Mets as the uh, Philadelphia Phillies deliver the Mets their eighth loss already in the season. I don't think they lost their eighth game until 
mid-June last year. Uh, I know we, we are not saying anything about the Mets as they're still a very good baseball team, but just not the start that Bruce wanted. Bruce Carson has been running this 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 organization so well for so many years. Um, you know, you hate to see them start out this way, but again, you got to assume that this is basically the same team they've had forever. They will figure this out, right? Greg Bird's off to a great start. He's not driving anybody in. Uh, Jeffrey Marte's off to a great start. But this is, sorry, this is about Philadelphia. Cam Gundy was struggling with the bat. Went three for four today to raise his ERA just south of 200, and he did hit his first home run. Congratulations, Cameron Gundy. We're excited to see you in the National League East for a really long time. Fun to watch him get a home run um, and drive in some runs here, right? Produce a little bit for the team as they went on and won the game. A couple more things we want to talk about here. I think there's only two left. Shane McClanahan, Padres, 23-year-old lefty, in his second year for the Padres, throws an absolute gem. He went eight innings, gave up two hits, walked one, struck out eight for his second one of the year. He's a one, two, three ERA early on in the season. Beat Carlos Meza and the Pittsburgh Pirates, who were shut out. Meza pitched a pretty good game, going six innings, giving up two hits, one walk. So almost the same stat line here, but he gave up that one solo shot. Uh, that would have been, what, to Tyler O'Hanahan? Yeah. Uh, who I've literally never heard of, but it was his second home run of the year. Or he had two today. One in the sixth and one in the eighth. So, yeah. Anyway, Mesa gave up that one run after. It was, it was the pitching duel. It was a beautifully pitched game into the sixth inning. And the Padres scored in the sixth, seventh, and eighth. One run each. All on solo shots. Yeah, so Tyler O'Hanahan hit a solo shot in the sixth. Donald Bunn hit a solo shot in the seventh. And then O'Hanahan hit a solo shot in the eighth to let the Padres go up 3-0 and take the victory here. I mean, really well-pitched game from both teams. The Pirates and the Padres are both off to a pretty good start. The Padres are 9-4. and four. Uh, that, that's just got to be one of the best things you've seen as a Padres fan in a long time. This team did not look like it was going to compete. Last thing I want to talk about, Ryan Nash for the Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays. You always got to talk about a walk-off. Toronto looked like they were dead in the water. It was a great game, 1-1 after the sixth. The Yankees scored five in the top of the seventh to go up 6-1. to one. And instead of crumbling, their Blue Jays offense scored three runs in the bottom of the seventh, one in the bottom of the eighth, and then Ryan Nash walked it off with two outs in the ninth to hit a two-run shot to take the Blue Jays over the hump and get the victory. That's all I wanted to talk about. Kept it under 20 minutes again. That was last night this morning, and I'm not going to get it published this morning. So last night, today, my apologies. I'll get it out earlier tomorrow. Thanks.